The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days. But that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they have been sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. All right, welcome back, everybody, to The Right Opinion right here on therightopinion.podbean.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, hackerhameen.podbean.com, and ratsaladreview.com. I had a whole episode planned for this week. Actually, in full disclosure, I thought today was June 1st, so I was going to have to put out my monthly episode anyway. (laughs) Turns out, um, because of the state of the world, I don't know what fucking day it is anymore, So, uh, or how months work and calendars function. So um, it's been Groundhog's Day for just about everybody. I hope I'm not alone in that at least. But look, I had a whole show planned about hydroxychloroquine. I was going to talk about the media's attack on, you know, on this drug that they really seem to have no reason for attacking other than Trump initially endorsed it. But um, there's been some stuff that's gone on in this country in the last week that has little to do with any of that. I think it's more important actually had a listener reach out to me and say, hey, man, I really kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. So here it goes. Um, George Floyd was, by all accounts, and I really do mean all accounts, I see very, very few people out there making any arguments to the contrary, he was murdered by police in Minneapolis. Uh, Officer Chauvin, I believe the guy's name is, we've all seen the video. He had his knee on George Floyd's neck for... I think it was recorded to be seven minutes, at least the last minute of which Mr. Floyd was completely immobile and had clearly been struggling in an attempt to try to save his own life and to try to get some air. Um, This was disgusting on so many fronts. It's not even, you know me, I like to to try to infuse a little comedy or at least a little lightheartedness into these types of subjects, but I, I can't even do it on this one. I mean, this is it was sad to begin with. It's gotten way, way out of control as these things tend to do. But I think I want to just start with some basics here, right? Police murdering people is bad. Um, Police murdering people of any color is bad. I mean, I sat here for the last two weeks bitching and complaining about how our federal intelligence agencies are infringing upon people's rights by spying on them. And while that is obviously a problem, um, if I think you shouldn't be spied on, I most definitely don't think that anyone has the right to go out of their way to end your life, um, whether it's based on the color of your skin or based on the fact that they just had a bad day. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is here. And then while it seems fairly obvious to a lot of people that this is a race-related thing, it does turn out that there is some evidence to suggest that um, the officer in question and Mr. Floyd knew each other. They had actually worked together previously. Maybe this was a personal vendetta. I don't know what the other cops involved's excuses are. Haven't heard a whole lot of coverage about them, but obviously we've seen the video of the one Asian police officer who's just standing there 
letting this go on and seemingly kind of trying to talk people down like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal. Like he's just kneeling on his neck and killing him in front of you. Uh, That guy to me is equally culpable. And I hope that he's charged. I believe all four of the officers involved have been at least fired. I know ultimately uh, the officer in question, Chauvin, uh, C-H-A-U-V-I-N, is how it's it's spelled. Um, He's been arrested and charged with third degree murder and manslaughter. I mean, I wish none of this had to happen in the first place, but that to me seems like that's justice being done. Now, obviously, there does need to be a conviction put into place here, and and that conviction needs to needs to take place. I mean, this guy, I can't imagine any rationale upon which this man isn't guilty of murdering George Floyd. Furthermore, I mean, the guy clearly doesn't have, in addition to having no regard for George Floyd's life, which is disgusting unto itself and way more disgusting than what I'm about to tell you, the guy clearly has no regard for the badge either, right? Like, I mean, look at the optics of this situation. You're a white man kneeling on a black man's neck in 2020, where we know something like that is going to be blown way out of proportion, even if it didn't result in somebody's death. Then you've got people recording you on the street, telling you that the guy isn't moving, and the officer appears to show no regard whatsoever for what his actions have caused. He doesn't look down to check on him. He doesn't even seem at all concerned or, or for that matter, you know, like, if you're holding him down for the purposes of trying to restrain him, okay, fine. The guy's cuffed at this point. He's on his stomach. Um, from what I've been told, from what I've heard from anybody who's had any experience in law enforcement, this is not the way this is done. If you need to use your body weight or your knee or something along those lines to try to hold down a suspect, a perp, a, a an assailant, whatever it is, um, the, the knee should not be on that person's neck. Generally, it's put between the shoulder blades, uh, giving you more control over that particular individual, as well as reducing your likelihood of asphyxiating them, of, of, of choking them to death, essentially. And we unfortunately saw what happens when that's not done correctly. And, um, and George Floyd lost his life as a result of it. But for this guy to be so apathetic, while being recorded, seems to me like there's there's something missing in between his ears. Because how could you possibly be that unaware of what this is going to look like? Even if he didn't kill the guy, you'd have to imagine that this was going to reap some sort of disciplinary action just based on the optics. And you know, you know, in 2020 in particular, the media was going to take this and run with it regardless of the outcome. Unfortunately, we were left with the worst possible outcome, which was Mr. Floyd losing his life. But the complete and utter sociopathy, the apathy of this guy to just be doing what he's doing in broad daylight in front of people that are not only recording but are yelling at him, the guy's not moving. Please get off of him. You could clearly see in the video he's struggling to try to breathe. And it's disturbing. It's disgusting. And I think it's not only wholly appropriate, but it is the responsibility of people everywhere to protest this sort of stuff, which kind of leads me to my second point. Uh, First point was police murdering people is bad, for the record. And number two is protesting is good. It's there's a reason that it is part of our Bill of Rights, that it is a part is not only part of our Bill of Rights, it's our it's in the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. 
Protesting is a good thing. When it's done properly, and when it's done, I guess when it's done properly, it's done effectively. There's no need to go above and beyond when you're doing a protest the right way, when you're remaining peaceful, when you have numbers, when you have people standing somewhere in, in, in you know, I guess I don't even know if social distancing is a thing. I guess we'll talk to that. I'll talk about that towards the end here a little bit. But uh, when you've got people out in numbers walking through the streets or it, as much as I think it's a stupid and counterproductive means of protest blocking traffic, um, these things are relatively peaceful. They're not really harming anybody in any conventional sense. Might they be an inconvenience to some people? Sure, but that's sort of the nature of protesting is that they are supposed to be inconveniencing people into thinking about what the uh, original cause for the protest is. In this case, it was a white cop who killed a black man. We all know how that looks. Uh, Apparently everybody except for Officer Chauvin. And uh, in this case, look, justice needed to be carried out. This guy deserves to be arrested, deserves to be charged, and he deserves to be convicted based on all of the available evidence right now. And the fact that that wasn't being done merits a protest. And I, I, I genuinely applaud the people that were out there protesting and doing it the right way. A lot of them were wearing masks. A lot of them were, um, you know, I guess not, not necessarily social distancing, but frankly, as far as I'm concerned, if you're outside, that doesn't need to be a thing. So I'm not going to go getting all, you know, nitpicky about people social distancing in the time where they're trying to protest about a cause over the loss of a, you know, loss of a life. I mean, and this guy's life did not need to be taken from him. And it is quite clear whose fault that is. And that's obviously the detective or the the officer or whatever his rank is. And frankly, it's irrelevant now because he's he's been fired. But this is a situation where it's obvious that there was an injustice done. And it's awesome. I think it's actually awesome that people took to the streets to, um, to try to get some semblance of justice for this guy's family. Now, we know, and of course, I got to, you know, I got to put it into some sort of perspective here. We know that there have been situations in the past where um, there have been lies made about these sorts of situations. People have been misled, and they continue to believe some of those lies to this day. For instance, the Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot lie, is something that we still hear people at these protests chanting. Which, again, I applaud them for their original intent in being out there and doing what's right and trying to find justice for George Floyd. I I not only respect it, I literally love it. I want more people to do things like this and do them the right way, as it appears these people were doing in the early goings of these protests. We'll get to some of the outsiders and the looters and the rioters in a second here, but in this particular case, in the case of George Floyd, like I said, we've all seen the video We've all run through all of the possibilities in our head. What could? Why is this happening? Could there have been a justification for this? And and I think virtually anybody with two brain cells to rub together is determined that this guy outright murdered George Floyd in broad daylight while being recorded by people. And that's that's just a level of psychosis that means this guy shouldn't even be in society never mind wearing a badge and protecting and serving people within the society. So that, to me, I I 100% am in agreement with the original cause of the protest. I am 100% in agreement with anybody who says 
that uh, that this guy murdered George Floyd. And I am in 100% agreement with anybody who thinks that he should be arrested, charged, and convicted again based on the information that we have right now. Now, I can't even imagine what information could come out that would slide me the other way. But as of right now, I'm on board with everybody who doesn't like what happened here and who wants to see justice done. All of those things are important. But getting back to, uh, I guess, my sub-point here is that, look, in this case, it appears very obvious to anybody what happened. In previous cases, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, um, there's there's been a number of them, obviously, of people who have been shot, people of color who have been shot or killed by police and that were obviously blown up all across the media and all that sort of stuff. But the Michael Brown one, and for instance, the one in Ferguson, I believe, that started really a lot of this. Michael Brown did not have his hands up and was not saying hands up. Like there, there was no hands up, don't shoot. The whole thing was a lie. Washington Post has debunked that. Don Lemon on CNN has debunked that. These are not right-wing talking points that I'm spewing to you right now. Is that, yeah, again, the general idea of if there's injustice being perpetuated by police upon people of color, that that's a bad thing, that merits protest, and that those are injustices that maybe get overlooked sometimes— I'm I'm on board with all of that. I think that anybody who feels that way is justified to a certain degree in feeling that way. But it's kind of like what I do with the Trump thing all the time is that the people out there that have accumulated this knowledge from the mainstream media have accumulated all this knowledge and assume all of it is fact. So if you're somebody at this protest now for George Floyd and you are somebody who was at the Michael Brown protests and you're con- and you're conflating the two as the same you're even more pissed off now than you were and maybe that's a good thing because some angry people get some things done now i wish they wouldn't be violent and i wish they wouldn't steal things in the process of doing that we'll get to that again in a second here but when you compound the lies that were told in the past with the truths that we now face it creates a picture of this terrible terrible world where cops are killing black people White people don't care about it, and the black folks that are out there that are protesting, who are largely black, but don't get me wrong, there's people of all color out there protesting this, and rightfully so, but it it makes those people more angry, more disenfranchised, makes them feel like they are further removed from the rest of society, and it makes them feel like they're standing by themselves, and that does ultimately get frustrating, and that does ultimately make people angry and that sort of stuff leads to some of the looting and some of the riots that we've seen. Now, I've said people being killed by cops, bad. Protests, good. Looting and rioting, point three, bad. This is not good. This literally does not do anything for anyone. This does not help the memory of George Floyd. This does not help the black and minority communities that usually these incidents happen in, when you're burning down local businesses, they burn down a target in Minneapolis. Who do you think works at that target? I mean, I'm not going to suggest that only black people work at that target, but I'm going to suggest that a fair amount of black people work at that target. I live in the whitest of white suburbs, and there are black people that work at my target. I'm, I'm sure that there are more than enough people of, of minority ilk that work at that particular target in Minneapolis 
who were one of the lucky few, lucky essential few, to have jobs in this ongoing coronavirus pandemic, and now they don't have jobs because their building has been burned to the ground. There have been small businesses that have been trashed and looted along the way, many of which are minority-owned, many of which were putting minority-owned or black-owned like signs in their windows to let these people know, like, hey, you want to take out your frustration on the white man, this ain't the place to do it. And those places were still looted and trashed nonetheless. So at the end of the day, none of this part of the protest, the looting, the rioting, none of that is constructive. And, you know, for that matter, calling the people that are doing the looting and rioting thugs, I think is wholly appropriate, which is obviously what Trump did in his tweet, which set everybody off. The protesters are good people. The looters and the rioters are thugs. Somebody's going to have to explain to me how stealing a TV or stealing a Louis Vuitton handbag in the middle of this protest is in any way, shape, or form helping the memory of George Floyd, helping the relationship between law enforcement and, and minorities. How is this helping that particular minority community, which is already dealing with all of this grief and all of this sadness based around what they just saw go down in, in, in the murder of George Floyd? And now... Some of these people can't go to work. Some of these people can't even go into the middle of town because there's rioters and looters and people with machetes and people with Molotov cocktails and people spray paint and on businesses. None of this is constructive. And I get it. Like, emotions are high. It could be one person in the crowd that starts it and it kind of just takes off like a rocket. I don't believe the original intent of the protest was to set your own town on fire and think that that's somehow going to bring justice for George Floyd. I, I don't think any rational person in that crowd thinks that that's the right thing to do. I do think some people get caught up in the moment, and I think there are people that are there instigating these sorts of actions. But the people that are there that are doing the looting, that are doing the rioting, they're not there for George Floyd. They're there for them. They're taking advantage of a situation, and they're stealing shit, and they're breaking shit, and they, yeah, a lot of it might come from a, an internal anger, a frustration about the state of the world that they think might exist. Uh, I'm not going to, today is not the day for me to break down all the numbers as far as how regularly these types of things happen, right? Like, I can point you to a number of PragerU videos that talk about how the police aren't particularly racist in terms of black people how black-on-black -black crime far outweighs police-on-black crime, how I could do all that stuff. Today is not that day. Go look it up for yourselves. I think the, the one video, I think I've actually put it in one of the shows before, Are the Police Racist by PragerU. I think it's Heather McDonald does the, the voiceover on that one, and she runs through all the FBI statistics and all that sort of stuff. That's for you to, to investigate on your own today. Um, just not my place for this. I mean, those of you who know me, I'm not a person of color, right? Like I'm a, I'm a white dude. I'm about as white as white gets. And uh, it makes it difficult for me to talk about these things, not because I feel uncomfortable talking about them, but because I know the perceptions of the people listening to me talk about them are immediately skewed because I'm not speaking from a place of authority on this particular subject, not even close. Some could be said I'm speaking from a place of ignorance on this subject. And um, maybe that's true. Maybe it is. I really... Not the virtue signal. I try to take it upon myself to really inform myself on these sorts of situations when these things go on. 
I listen to a lot of black media. I listen to, um, you know, I'll even listen to the liberal media to see what perspectives they're getting on this. I really don't want to be ignorant when it comes to these sorts of things. I don't want to be ignorant when it comes to anything, but as somebody who likes to speak on controversial topics, this obviously being one of which, I like to be as informed as I possibly can be about these things. And will I ever know what it's like to be a black person in America? No, I never will. Having said that, I am a conservative in 2020, so I I see a fair amount of persecution myself. Is it anywhere near on the level of black people in America? No. At least black people in the past in America? No. Frankly, today, it might be worse, but that's neither here nor there. Police officers are not killing conservatives on videotape in broad daylight, so at least not yet. That said, protesting is good, police killing people bad, um bringing me to another point here is that, like I said, the looters and the rioters are thugs, and people freaked the fuck out when Trump said it, but no one seemed to have any issue with Obama saying it about the Freddie Gray riots, and just so you're not taking my word for it, here is former President Barack Obama talking about the Baltimore riots um, regarding the death of Freddie Gray. There's no excuse for the kind of violence that we saw yesterday. Um, It is counterproductive. When individuals get crowbars and start prying open doors to loot, uh, they're not protesting. They're not making a statement. They're stealing. When they burn down a building, they're committing arson. And they're destroying and undermining uh, businesses and opportunities in their own communities uh, that rob jobs and opportunity from uh, people in that area. So uh, it is entirely appropriate that uh, the mayor of Baltimore, who I spoke to yesterday, and the governor, who I spoke to yesterday, uh, work to stop that kind of senseless uh, violence and destruction. That is not a protest. That is not a statement. It's people, a handful of people taking advantage of a situation for their own purposes, and uh, they need to be treated as criminals. Point number four, the violence that happened yesterday distracted from the fact that you had seen multiple days of peaceful protests that were focused on entirely legitimate concerns of these communities in Baltimore, led by clergy and community leaders, and they were constructive and they were thoughtful. And frankly, didn't get that much attention. And one burning building uh, will be looped on television over and over and over again, and the thousands of demonstrators who did it the right way, uh, I think, have been lost uh, in the discussion. The overwhelming uh, majority of the community in Baltimore, uh, I think, have handled this appropriately, expressing real concern and outrage over the possibility that our laws were not applied evenly in the case of Mr. Gray and that accountability needs to uh, exist. Um, And I think we have to give them credit. My understanding is, is you've got some of the same organizers now going back into these communities to try to clean up in the aftermath of a handful of protesters, uh, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs who uh, who tore up the place. 
I can count on like one hand the amount of times that I've so fervently agreed with Barack Obama. I couldn't I couldn't possibly agree with the man more if you were to carry over the sentiments from the Freddie Gray thing to what's going on today. Um, the Freddie Gray thing makes it sound like I'm downplaying it. Obviously, that was a tragedy unto itself. But this is the one that we're dealing with in the moment now is George Floyd. And Obama, if you could take everything he just said about Freddie Gray in Baltimore and apply it to Minneapolis, it's still 100% accurate. Is that, yes, there were thousands of people doing it the right way. Yes, a few bad apples spoiled the bunch. Now, when it's a few bad apples from Black Lives Matter or from Antifa or from just general protesters who have no affiliation with those groups, they are just a few bad apples. When it's a handful of fucking tiki-wearing or tiki-toting um, MAGA hat-wearing people, those become the entirety of Trump supporters somehow. It's not a few bad apples when that happens. It's a few bad apples apparently this time around or in other instances when it's some people from Antifa or, or Black Lives Matter or again just protesters who maybe just got caught up in the moment. Um, you know, tensions are high, adrenaline's pumping, like, I understand to a certain degree why people do what they do. I don't understand for the life of me why stealing a Louis Vuitton purse is in any way, shape, or form helping George Floyd. And I don't think it is. And I don't think that there's any reasonable person out there that would suggest otherwise. But Obama right on point here. Protesting good. Looters and rioters are thugs. Protesters good. Looters, rioters, thugs. No one's no one is out there making that and any other distinction. I'm I'm a I'm a constitutionalist, right? Like I love the First Amendment. I think I've already gone on this tirade, but I want you to be able to assemble peacefully. I want you to be able to protest not only the government but other things as well. Private organizations, police offices, whatever it is. Would love for people to be able to express their opinions and do so in a peaceful and constructive manner. That is not what's happening anymore in regards to the George Floyd protests. So uh, we heard Obama on this. Now, it does appear, based on a lot of the news out there, you're seeing a lot of a lot of the left-wing mainstream media outlets are trying to blame white nationalists for this. Um, that is just simply gaslighting. There is no evidence that there are rife, you know, white supremacists, white nationalists, even really hardcore Trump people, regardless of whether or not they fall into either of those previous two categories, there, there is no evidence to suggest that. As a matter of fact, I've got an article in the show notes for you today from USA Today. Headline, these are anarchists, Minnesota officials say. Outside agitators are hijacking peaceful protests. This was written yesterday, May 30th, 2020. And let me give the author some love here. Trevor Hughes is the writer on this one. So the article starts off drifting out of the shadows in small groups, dressed in black, carrying shields and wearing knee pads. They head towards the front lines of the protest. Helmets and gas masks protect and obscure their faces, and they carry bottles of milk to counteract tear gas and pepper spray. Most of them appear to be white. They carry no signs. They don't want to speak to reporters, trailed by designated, quote, medics, unquote, with red crosses taped to their clothes, these groups head straight for the front lines of the conflict. Night after night in this ravaged city, these small groups do battle with police and the National Guard, kicking away tear gas canisters and throwing back foam rubber projectiles fired at them. Around them, fires break out. 
Windows are smashed, parked, uh, parked cars are destroyed. USA Today reporters have witnessed the groups on multiple nights in multiple locations. Sometimes they threaten those journalists who photograph them destroying property. The mayor and governor say outside agitators are hijacking peaceful protests over the death of George Floyd and literally fanning the flames of destruction. And experts say things will likely get worse in Minneapolis and other cities seeing similar peaceful protests that turn violent like Los Angeles, Louisville, Kentucky, Des Moines, Iowa, Detroit, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. And I quote, the real hardcore guys, this is their job. They're involved in this struggle, said Adam Leggett, a former British counterterrorism officer who now works as a security consultant specializing in crowd, specializing in crowd management for the Densus Group, D-E-N-S-U-S. They need protests on the street to give them cover to move in. So this is a guy, an intel, former intelligence officer for the Brits, former counterintelligence, uh, counterterrorism officer for the British Army, who now works as a private contractor, basically, for this group, Densus Group. And they talk about crowd management, or they specialize in crowd management. And he talks about these protesters who, look, take a pause here for a second. Forget that the George Floyd thing ever happened. Think back to the protests that were occurring after the election. It's a lot of people in masks and all black, and they got weapons, and they're fighting with cops. And if that sounds familiar at all, that's because it's Antifa. And that's also Black Lives Matter to a certain extent. The 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 cover it all in all black cover and your your mask your face with a mask thing, which is unfortunately very convenient for these folks today because everyone's supposed to be wearing masks anyway. But uh, back in the day, long before coronavirus, long before George Floyd, these people were taking every given opportunity that they had to find a protest, to find a struggle, to find some unrest, and to go in and exacerbate the whole thing and create a much bigger shitstorm than previously existed. And you got all these clowns online talking about they're blaming the white supremacists and the white nationalists and they're blaming the Trump supporters and any right wingers and anybody who's ever voted Republican, all of those sorts of things. Meanwhile, the actual evidence, and if you're watching any of the videos online, who are the people that are looting? Largely people of color. Yes, there are a few white people in there. That is not white supremacist agitators running into the door to alongside people of color to go loot Louis Vuitton and go loot Best Buy and whatever the case may be. These people are not operating on the same page, the uh, the white supremacists and the Black Lives Matter people. So clearly when you see them working together, or at least working side by side with one another, we know that these are not white nationalists. We also know, as I'm about to play you, that there are people that are out there that are representing Antifa, that think they're doing some sort of favor to their comrades over in the Black Lives Matter movement, that are stepping things up and and ultimately causing more problems for the black community. As a matter of fact, there was a Black Lives protester who posted a video showing, hey, see these people spray painting stuff on this Starbucks over here? That's not us. That's not Black Lives Matter. That's not black people. That's not the protesters that are here for George Floyd. This is Antifa, and one of the Antifa people actually comes over and calls this woman a comrade at one point to just cement the fact that she's a complete leftist lunatic. But uh, let me play the clip for you here. I don't know how the audio is going to sound, but hopefully you can hear what the woman who's making the video is saying, and uh, we'll go from there. Right, but y'all, y'all doing that for 
ask you to do that. Listen, don't, don't, don't spray stuff out here when they gonna blame black people for this and black people didn't do it. If, if we wanted you to do it, we would have asked. They not gonna show y'all faces when they see that on their building. They gonna blame that on us. Y'all are part of the problem. News come on, they gonna say we did that. We didn't do that. Stuff like this ain't right. Stuff like this ain't right. That's what the problem is. We out here standing together peacefully, protesting without any problems. You got people of all races spraying on buildings talking about Black Lives Matter. That ain't even us. You got police officers coming to a peaceful protest spraying gas on us. We ain't even did nothing. Don't let the media fool you. When they see the vandalism on these places, know that it wasn't us. And when you see stuff like that, you're supposed to stand up and say something. Don't spray on these people's buildings. That's not our message. That's not, that's not helping nothing. And then putting it on us. And then wanna argue with us and say somebody black asked you to spray. We don't need nobody to do nothing for us. That's why we out here doing it ourselves. Good for that woman. I think there needs to be a lot more accountability in these types of situations. And I'm not necessarily talking about accountability along gender lines or racial lines or socioeconomic lines or occupational lines. I'm talking about if you're out here and you're doing a protest for George Floyd and you're genuinely concerned about this guy and this in his family and the injustice that was perpetuated upon him. Cool. I'm down with all that. Wish it never had to happen in the first place, but if it's going to happen, protesting, speaking out, doing the right thing for justice in general, all about it. But when you see somebody in the group that is taking things too far, it is incumbent upon you to point that out, to get your fellow protesters on board with stopping that particular action. And that way, when, when the media starts showing the protests of the flaming target, we know it's not the protesters that were genuinely there for George Floyd. We know it's Antifa or it's the more radical elements of Black Lives Matter, or maybe it is white nationalists, white supremacists that have infiltrated some way, shape, or form and are trying to stir the shit up a little bit. Whatever the case may be, all of those are possibilities. But in this particular video, we have a woman who appears to be protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matter, seeing that Antifa, the white liberal goobers of Antifa, that think they're helping the black community, or at least are pretending that they're helping the black community, or at least pretending that they think they're helping. They may not, I don't know, neither here nor there. Whatever they're doing, it's not particularly helpful. It's actually causing more problems for the minorities that are out there that are protesting a genuine injustice. And this is not like, this sort of sentiment is like an original Harrison Bergeron thought either. No, as a matter of fact, Van Jones, Mr. This Was a White Lash, who was not particularly happy with Trump's um, election and, and blamed all white people everywhere for being racist and not wanting to have, um, you know, being being angry that we had to have uh, an African-American president for eight years. He seemed to think that Trump's election was a direct response to that because white people are so unbelievably racist. And even when they're not openly racist, they're still racist because they're white people. This guy now flash forward four years 
talking about the riots in Minneapolis. And uh, here's what he had to say. And before I even play it for you, just know that Van Jones, I agree with everything he's saying here. And he got completely raked over the coals for saying it. But that doesn't make it any less true. So here's where Mr. Jones uh, separated from uh, the radical left. Not that he hasn't had some moments from time to time. But here is Van Jones talking about the real danger to the black community. It's not the racist white person who's in the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter walking her dog in Central Park who would tell you right now, she, you know, she, people like that, oh, I don't see race, race is no deal to me, I see us all as the same, I give to charities. But the minute she sees a black man who she does not uh, uh, respect or who she has a slight thought against, she weaponized race like she had been trained by the Aryan nation. A Klan's member could not have been better trained to pick up the police and pick up her phone and tell the police it's a black man, African-American man, come get him. So even the most liberal, well-intentioned white person has a, 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 a virus uh, in his or her brain that can be activated at an instant. And so what you're seeing now is a curtain falling away. Yeah. It is the white liberal who pretends that they are an ally, but in actuality ends up being a wolf in sheep's clothing. See the Antifa lady here. It's clearly a white lady or maybe a Hispanic lady. She's definitely not a black lady. She's like this tiny little thing. She's all dressed in black. She's spray painting BLM in big letters across a Starbucks thinking She's doing somebody a favor in the black community. Oh, well, Black Lives Matter. We got to spray paint these letters on this Starbucks because we all know Starbucks is super racist. If you recall back to that whole story about the two black gentlemen getting kicked out of there um, from what feels like an eternity ago now at this point. But here it is, a white liberal pretending or at least thinking that they're helping. But in actuality, they just cause more problems for the very communities that they're pretending to help. And I do think in a lot of instances, they are pretending to help. It's a virtue signal, right? Like, why is it that the Democratic Party is always black this and women that and gay this and Muslim that? It's because they know that they don't have like a central body of ideas and values that they could sell to people. So... They slice up all the little politics into all the little pieces and they slide the different pieces under the different parts of the tent that they think will appease those different parties. The, they got to win the black vote. They got to win the women vote. They got to win the gay vote. Got to win the trans vote. Got to win the Muslim vote. Got to do this. Got to do that. Why not just put together policies that help everybody? Conservatives do that. We want you to have all of the rights that everyone else is entitled to. No matter what color you are. No matter what gender you are. No matter what sexual orientation you are. We believe in the Constitution. We believe that applies to all Americans. Anyone suggesting to you otherwise is not talking to a true conservative or a true libertarian or a true constitutional libertarian or a, a, right, a, a true right-winger, really. Republicans, meh. People who identify as Republicans, they're a little weak-kneed. Uh, but the people that truly have values based on politics and not political party, like myself, I'm a conservative, a libertarian, I'm, I'm almost, I've almost worked my way around far enough to the right to where I'm practically an anarchist again, but neither here nor there. Um, it, it's, it's a situation where one, one side of the aisle is saying, 
We want everybody to have all the rights. And there's another side of the aisle saying, no, X, Y, and Z people have been um, in some way, shape, or form downtrodden by these supposed rights that the rest of you have, and they deserve more rights. All pigs are equal, but some pigs are more important than others. George Orwell. So if only Van Jones wasn't the first person to say these sorts of sentiments, maybe this would drive home to people a little bit more. Maybe if the media would provide attention to people like Van Jones, who have said things like this in the past, oh wait, hold on, I think I got one. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. That was Malcolm X, by the way. By no means a radical right winger. Um, so that kind of gets me back to my original point of the media. The media only makes these things worse, right? And there's no accountability. There should be accountability within the protesters. There should be accountability within the community. This is, if I have any gripes with the black culture as a whole today, I know I'm really dancing on a fucking tightrope here, but if I have any qualms with the black culture as a whole today is that no one seems to be willing to hold anybody else accountable within the race. You see Hashtag black excellence, hashtag the culture, for the culture, and all that's great. I think your culture is awesome, and I think you should have every reason and right to be proud of your culture. But that said, when there are people within the culture that are doing things to harm the culture, they need to be called out, not simply for the purposes of my edification, but because if if the culture is to ever really truly stand on its own and to really truly have all of the power that these people want it to have, then there needs to be some accountability within that particular group of people. To suggest that anybody and everybody who's black deserves to be merited and and lauded because they are black and not because they're doing good things for the black community, that's a problem. White people don't generally have this problem, mostly because we're not allowed to really talk about our whiteness at any point in time. Nor do I really care, nor do I identify myself as like a European-American. None of these things even matter to me. I'm an American. You're an American. We are America. But if there are, for instance, just to, not to equate the two again, but I'm, I'm going to do it for the purposes of my particularly persecuted group being conservatives. When I see conservatives that are out there and they are making asses of themselves, or they are making loud statements on behalf of all conservatives that I don't believe fall in line with conservatism, or when they make racist or sexist or whatever statements that are supposed to be made not in jest but in you know in a, with a certain level of seriousness, I call those people out. I point to them and say that guy is not me. And I think if there was more of that done within these communities, not only within the black community, within minority communities, within political communities, within occupational communities, ahem, cops, I think there's a lot of groups out there that everybody wants to rush to the aid of other people that are in the group. But at the end of the day, every group, and I mean every group, has some bad apples in it. And if that group was better at policing those bad apples within the group, 
then the group could be held to a higher uh, to a higher esteem. And I, I, you know, if Black Lives Matter was running around getting rid of all the people in that group that were looting and that were rioting and that were doing all that sort of stuff, like shit, man, they'd have very very little reason for anybody to counter anything that they're saying. Because there are injustices that exist based on race. Are they systemic? Are they plenary? I don't necessarily think so. And largely because of so many of these that do catch this sort of attention that turn out to be false down the road. I think that people need to start looking at things objectively. People need to start removing their their innate biases. Whether And, and I know they're innate, so it's kind of hard to ignore them. But just because somebody else is black doesn't mean that you can't criticize them. Just because somebody else is a Republican doesn't mean that you can't criticize them. Just because somebody else wears a badge doesn't mean that you can't criticize them. And I think, I mean, accountability is a real problem that we have in this country across the board, but it gets exacerbated, it gets magnified, it gets amplified when you put it in these sorts of contexts here. And so, good on that woman for calling out that Antifa person. She was not there speaking for her, regardless of how much she wanted to be. And that person called it out because she knew that that was going to get blamed on them and they were the ones that were there doing things the right way. So it's not just me and it's not just this random Black Lives Matter protester that seemed to think that the left-wing extremist groups are causing all of these problems. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just USA Today either. It was actually our Attorney General Bill Barr, who I'm playing last because I know he carries the least amount of weight with a lot of the people out there that are going to argue these points. But... USA Today is reporting based on experts. We've got actual protesters on the ground, pro-George Floyd, Black Lives Matter protesters, pointing out the fact that these left-wing radical groups that are largely white people are the ones that are causing the problems. Here's Attorney General Barr, who made a statement, I believe, on Friday um, regarding just this very matter here based on the evidence that he's seeing as it comes in. The greatness of our nation comes from our commitment to the rule of law. The outrage of our national community about what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis is real and legitimate. Accountability for his death must be addressed and is being addressed through the regular process of our criminal justice system, both at the state and at the federal level. That system is working and moving at exceptional speed. Already, initial charges have been filed by the state. That process continues to move forward, and justice will be served. Unfortunately, with the rioting that is occurring in many of our cities around the country, the voices of peaceful protest are being hijacked by violent radical elements. Groups of outside radicals and agitators are exploiting the situation to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. In many places, it appears the violence is planned, organized, and driven by anarchic and left extremist groups, far left extremist groups, using Antifa-like tactics, many of whom travel from outside the state to promote the violence. And this is right out of the Antifa playbook. I mean, this is exactly what they did in Berkeley. It's what they've done at all of the, the all of the variety of different uh, protests we've seen, particularly in the wake of the 2016 election. Charlottesville was another example of that. 
Um, these groups come far and wide. They're organized on social media, you know, the same social media that'll fact check Donald Trump incorrectly, mind you, is that they, they claim that there was no actual evidence of voter fraud. And then sure enough, there was an actual case that came up that same week <laughs> regarding voter fraud. Um, but neither here nor there. Twitter and social media, you know, they're, they're going to overextend themselves and they're end up going to get they're going to end up getting slapped on the wrist as a result of it. Twitter stock was down 2.7 percent on Friday. So that gives you an indication of how hopeful investors are about Twitter's future. But um, we have a situation here where we have these groups. And yeah, I'm going to say the words because it's really hard to detach them. These groups that are funded by George Soros, and that, that is exactly what they are, is that these are groups that are put together through social media, um, that are organized, that are paid in some cases to go and stir the shit. And these are not the original protesters. These are not the people that actually have George Floyd's family, his memory, and the injustice done to him in mind. These are people that are, like the USA article, USA Today article stated, that need a protest as cover for them to go in and conduct the level of anarchy that they want to conduct. They pretend that they're anti-fascist, but they use violence as a means of conveying their message, which is almost by definition fascism. So anybody out there is like, but it's Antifa. It means anti-fascist. These people are too dumb to communicate with. I suggest you mute them on Twitter and just move on with your life. Um, but the... These are tactics that we've seen for years now. AG Barr is recognizing them in addition to the information he's getting on the ground from the various police departments and the various uh, federal um, you know, task force that are involved here, FBI, ATF, all that sort of stuff. All these people are keeping their ear to the ground to figure out why exactly these protests have escalated so much. Because, I uh, look, I thought the original intent of the protest was justice for George Floyd. The police officer has now been arrested. He's been charged with murder. He's pending trial. This, to me, sounds like justice is being served for George Floyd. I don't know what more... I mean, short of, you know, this crowd rushing into his house and hanging him in his front yard. I mean, like, what more justice could you possibly want that's within the bounds of a civil society? That would not be within the bounds of a civil society. We do have a law, and we do have law and order in this country. We do have laws. We do have a process. Does the process always succeed? No. But I would think that if you're looking for justice for George Floyd, you're looking for punishment to be doled out on his behalf towards the officer that killed him, he's been arrested and he's been charged with murder. I mean, the trial is yet is pending. It will happen eventually. And if there is no conviction, hell yeah, let's get back out on the streets. Fuck, I might join you because that would be a legitimate injustice. But if you're claiming you want justice and then the guy who you want to be punished is being punished, I'm having a bit of a disconnect as to why these protests are continuing to be going on. Again, there's virtually nobody in disagreement here that this officer killed this guy. I can't, I, 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 listen, I listen to all the conservative pundits. I read all the conservative websites. I'm yet to find virtual, I'm yet to find anybody to make a salient point regarding how this officer was in the right or how George Floyd was in the wrong. No one is making that argument. Everybody is talking about this. Justice is being done. So why are we setting things on fire? And just to s summarize everything I've said up to this point, police killing people, bad. Protesting, good. Looting and rioting, bad. 
the people that are coming in from the outside to basically undermine the original intent of the protest, bad. White liberals pretending to help people of color, bad. And coronavirus, bad. I haven't said that up to this point, but what the fuck happened to coronavirus? What happened to that? People in mass walking around. I mean, look, I was told when the protests were because of the lockdowns that these were all these terrible people. They're out here trying to kill one another. Have the lockdowns been fully lifted yet? Have, have, have we, are we allowed to have hundreds of people together in close proximity to one another now? I was told by a very reliable source, pun intended, that talking about anything other than this pandemic is immoral, is wrong, is terrible, is 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 dismissing the 2,000 lives that are lost every day as a result of the pandemic. As a matter of fact, let me play you that reliable source. It may sound like a crying baby potato to you, but I assure you, it's just Brian Stelter. The death toll isn't something to just be uh, downplayed. It's not something we can hide from, even if it is gut-wrenching to hear about every day. It's like New Orleans floods every day. It's like the planes go into the towers every day. And to look away or act like it's now normal or acceptable is a disgrace to the victims. It's so disappointing to look at what we're seeing from right-wing media these days where there's such an obsession with the deep state and these revelations about the Russia probe and the decision about Michael Flynn. They're treating the Michael Flynn story like it's a bigger deal than the deaths of 2,000 Americans a day. No one was doing that. Um, literally no one was doing that. The Michael Flynn story was a big deal because people like Brian Stelter kept telling us for three years that Donald Trump was a Russian asset. And the Michael Flynn story exposed the fact that Brian Stelter, Rachel Maddow, Chris Matthews, fucking what, what, all of these clowns on MSNBC and CNN and CBS News and ABC News. And yeah, I see you, David Muir, with your fucking mullet. All of these people have been lying to you. For years, the story is not necessarily Michael Flynn. The story is the FBI corruption, the media complicity, the fact that the Obama administration, which was scandal-free, was anything but. It was only scandal-free because the media fell asleep at the wheel because they were too busy masturbating to the thought of their golden calf who was in office. The great, you know, uniter who ended up dividing us so badly that we ended up electing Donald Trump as president. The great uniter that uh, that called people thugs when they were looting and rioting. But when Donald Trump does it, it's because he's a racist for some reason. Brian Stelter seems to think that you can only cover one story at a time. And I guess if you only had but a handful of brain cells in your cranium, that may be true. But those of us who pay attention to multiple stories at once can, in one hand, recognize the severity of the coronavirus pandemic, which is in no way, shape, or form the responsibility of anybody here in the United States, being that it stemmed from China and was allowed to spread due to the negligence of both China and the World Health Organization. We can we can recognize that as all a big problem. We can live, we, believe us, we're living in the world today. We can't avoid it if we want to. Also, we can recognize that the FBI being weaponized, in addition to other intelligence communities, by intelligence uh, agencies, by the outgoing president against the incoming president. We can all recognize that's a pretty bad thing, too. Now flash forward to George Floyd, who, albeit is a tragic loss, 
He's but a single man, the last I checked. One guy getting killed by a police officer suddenly overrides the all-encompassing importance of the 2,000 people that are dying a day because of coronavirus? I'm sorry, when did that When did that math check out? Here's an idea. You guys have 24 hours to cover the news every day. Donate some of it to coronavirus. Dedicate some of it to, to George Floyd. And dedicate some of it to the Michael Flynn story. You have 24 hours with approximately 24 different news programs because they all run for about an hour. You have hundreds of talking heads and seemingly thousands of of clueless leftist panelists that all come in for every one of these shows as it looks like a fucking baseball team every time you turn on CNN nowadays. How about dedicating just some of the time? You know, maybe you want to dedicate 20 hours a day to coronavirus. Okay, dedicate another three to uh, George Floyd and dedicate one to Michael Flynn. They won't even do that. The most they talked about Michael Flynn was Brian Stelter bitching about how right-wingers are talking about Michael Flynn. But soon as a as soon as a white cop kills a black guy in Minneapolis, oh shit, we got to drop everything. Fuck those two thousand people that are dying every day. We got to cover this story over and over again because it fits all of our narratives. It fits the people of color are targeted by the police narrative. It fits the Donald Trump is stoking racism in this country narrative. It fits the uh, the election is coming up and we need to point out what a terrible place this is so that Joe Biden could turn it all around narrative. It covers all of the boxes. Notice because no one was actually blaming Trump for the coronavirus. Any, anyway, any, anyone with a, with a, a semblance of knowledge about what's going on around that. Trump has done a lot to, to fight the virus. China was the one that started the virus. The local governors, particularly Wolf, Murphy, and Cuomo of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York, specifically botched this thing to the point to where thousands of lives, if not tens of thousands of lives, were lost because of the sheer negligence and stupidity of those three gentlemen alone. We can't keep talking about that. Eventually, people will figure it out, but oh, Oh my God, you can you can almost sit there and 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 hear the the you know the producer Jeff Zucker at CNN like oh thank God this guy killed this black guy because now we have something else to talk about. This is the type of depravity that the white liberals, as warned by Malcolm X and yes even Van Jones, like to do. They will take these stories and they will hype them up and they will make them a big deal for their gain, not for the people who are actually victimized. Brian Stelter whining about us, not about the Michael Flynn story, because the coronavirus story is so important. 2,000 people die a day, but one black guy gets killed by one white cop, and they threw all of that to the wayside. I'm not saying that this story shouldn't have gotten coverage. As a matter of fact, I'm saying the opposite. The George Floyd story merits coverage. The coronavirus story merits coverage. The Michael Flynn story merits coverage. It just merits better coverage than you're ever going to get from Brian Stelter. So stop watching him. Although, no one's really in airports or gyms these days, so I assume no one actually is watching him. But that's more or less it. I just kind of wanted to throw out all of my thoughts on this thing. Again, I think the protests are wonderful up until the point of the rioting and the looting. I think George Floyd was murdered in cold blood, and that officer should be thrown away, and we should lock him up permanently, if not put a needle in his arm, and end his life. 
He is a murderer, as far as I'm concerned, based on the available information. I think that the looters and the rioters are thugs. I actually agree with Obama on this. I think that the white liberals are a far greater danger to blacks and, and minorities in this country than anyone that they claim, any one of these tiki toting idiots, these fucking inbred morons with frog faces that are running through Charlottesville or whatever. There's There are so few of those people that if all of them across the whole country showed up to Minneapolis, they would be dead by the end of the day. There are th These people are so few and far between, but they are so highlighted on the media or in the media. And yet, when you actually talk to people who know what the fuck is going on, a Van Jones or even a Malcolm X from back in the day, they know that it's not those people we need to worry about. No, reg no civilized member of society looks at those people and cares what they have to say about anything. It's the white liberals that are pretending to be the friends of the minority communities for the purposes of, ob of obtaining their votes and then completely forget about them for four years or two years or six years or whatever the particular term may be. Those are the real problem. They're the ones that are actively taking advantage of the minority voters. They are the ones that are keeping the black vote on the Democratic voting plantation. These things exist. These terms exist not simply because right-wingers are trying to trivialize the strife of black people for our gain. It's because we're actively watching the Democrat Party doing, doing this over the course of what uh, decades, if not centuries at this point, to the black voters and it is it is it's gotten to the point to where it's obvious and I, I don't know how we convey that message to these minority groups i don't i have no idea how we can do that because it, it's not as if it hasn't been attempted before but maybe events like this maybe the woman from black lives matter posting the clip of antifa ruining the protest for them putting them in more danger whether they think they're helping or not which i don't even think they care i think they're just there to stir shit and cause more chaos so that there's burning buildings for CNN to air that night so that we could talk about what a terrible world it is because Donald Trump is president. I know none of that seems like it connects to you rational people who are paying attention to what's going on in the world, but that is not the target audience of the people at CNN and MSNBC, I can assure you. So, justice for George. Um, I uh, Rest in peace, man. Like, I mean, it's... I've seen that video enough times at this point to where I'm 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 like just I'm just depressed at the state of people and the fact that idiots like Officer Chauvin exist in the world and I mean honestly it's really hard I'm trying I try to put myself in the in the shoes of the people that are recording that it would have taken a lot for me to not take a run at that officer I, I you know I'm would I have gotten shot I mean I'm white maybe I could have hidden behind my privilege if that's such a thing that exists really but. How can you sit there and just watch? I mean, the people filming, I mean, yeah, you did a service to the world. You did a service to George Floyd to some extent now that we know that he was murdered. But man, how do you just stand there and watch that? And shame on all those cops that were doing that. Um, shame on, obviously, this this asshole who put the, you know, who killed George Floyd. I think, I don't know that there is a deep or dark enough hole for us to bury this guy in. But um, I'm I'm willing to start digging if need be. 
And um, look, man, props to all the protesters who did it the right way. Props to the people who were calling out the people who were doing it the wrong way. But at the end of the day, there were some people that were doing it the wrong way. That merits additional police action, which then kind of, which is obviously what started this in the first place. It was not a legitimate police action, but nor are these actions being viewed as legitimate because of all of the tension and the frustration and the anger that resulted from the initial incident. It's just a it's a self-perpetuating cycle of anger and action and anger to that action. It's every action is an equal and opposite reaction. And and that just is continued on in a vacuum to where we have just this pinball machine of chaos going on in cities all across the country. What was done for the millionth time to George Floyd was a tragedy. It should not have been done. It was murder. And that officer should see justice. And it seems like he is on the road to doing just that, as he has been arrested and he has been charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. And, uh, you know, barring some completely ridiculous nonsense, some administrative bullshit or the world's greatest defense attorney, he's going to go to jail and he is going to be punished for what he did here. Case closed. Go back home. Social distance. Put your masks on when you're out. Wash your hands. Stay away from grandma. Let's get back to what semblance of normal life we had in the coronavirus pandemic before all of this. Justice is being done. I will be more than happy to go out and protest with people if this guy gets off. But it seems like, you know, you know what? One final point on all this is that because this story has gotten so big, it is going to make things slightly easier for a defense attorney. Um, because how can you possibly find an unbiased jury for a case like this? I don't think you can. The case is so big. It, it Everyone is talking about it. Everyone was talking about it before Target got set on fire. So there's no reason for everybody to be, you know, for anybody to be setting fire to buildings and looting stuff when it was already the number one topic on everyone's mind all across the country. Everyone who saw that video was disgusted. People forgot about coronavirus. That's how upset they were about this. So justice is being done. The wheels of justice, unfortunately, do turn slowly. Take this from somebody who has been investigating Spygate for the last three to four years. They do take a while, but that's because the process is a good one, and it works for the most part. Do all systems work all the time? No. But now I'm just getting to the point where I'm repeating myself, so I'm going to end it here. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Justice to justice for him, justice for his family, justice for the community, and um, man, I hope they nail that guy to the wall, and I hope I, I managed to slide in at least something that was useful to any of you during the course of this hour plus that I've been ranting. There will be an episode coming up in the not-too-distant future as we are approaching Pride Month. I'll be uh, debunking modern gender theory. I'll be talking about the war on hydroxychloroquine. I'll be back with more Spygate stuff, I hope, over the course of the next month as well. So there's a lot going on on the rightopinion.podbean.com. Hopefully some of that slightly more uplifting and less uh, depressing than the subject matter for today. But uh, if you are interested in following along and seeing what I have to say or hearing what I have to say moving forward on any of those topics, find me on the rightopinion.podbean.com, or you could just search the right opinion on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, also available on hackerhameen.podbean.com, and ratsaladreview.com. 
and uh, follow me on social media at Right Opinion Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Parlor. And it is with the utmost sincerity that I tell you folks that opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, but this asshole has the right opinion. You can only catch it right here on the Right Opinion Podcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Boom.